Uh, okay, hello, hello everyone. Um, I am Barak, and this is Rahul. Hi. Um, and welcome to our Optimized Interview podcast. This is the ischemia edition, and in particular, we'll be looking today uh, to talk about stable angina. Uh, this is, as you can imagine, an incredibly popular topic that comes up in interviews, and we're going to structure this in the following way. So first of all, we're going to talk about how to approach uh, the history of a patient with stable angina, what the key things one might need to know. Then we'll talk about uh, how to investigate stable angina. And of course, there's the uh, there's a lot of different ways to do this, and there's the nice recommended ways, and there's the ways that cardiologists might think about this. Then we'll talk a little bit about the management. And throughout all of this, we'll be peppering it with what are the what are the things that you need to know. Um, and then more importantly, what are the pearls, those things that will get you a five out of five answer that really makes you seem like a cardiology registrar looking at these looking at these patients uh, in our patient clinic. Uh, again, this won't be an exhaustive uh, exhaustive uh, knowledge about exactly uh, everything about angina and how to manage it and an in-depth thing about all the tests, but we will be just talking uh, in brief about all the different sections and things that we use for the interviews. Uh, well, why don't you crack, crack on? Yeah, thank you, Barak. Um, so as Barak mentioned, the first thing is just about the, the basic underlying knowledge um, to then answer uh, a specific question. Um, so this whole uh, video is about angina. Uh, and the first thing uh, to start off with that I thought would be uh, the right thing to do would, would be to talk about the definition. Uh, so angina is a, a syndrome uh, characterized by chest pain caused by myocardial ischemia. Due to a supply demand mismatch to the myocardium. Um, and the chest pain is characterized by being cardiac in quality, made worse by factors such as uh, exertion, cold, excitement, postprandial, and relieved by factors such as rest uh, or GTN within five minutes. Uh, so that's the, the definition. Um, and then when thinking about uh, trying to diagnose someone with angina, uh, one starts off with the history. Um, and when taking a history, the aims are essentially to, to establish if this is a more chronic stable condition or if there are more acute things that are going on. Um, and uh, one can approach this in many ways, but uh, I think a good uh, way to do it is using the Socrates approach. Um, and uh, we won't go into uh, exhaustive detail, but a few, a few of the kind of discriminating factors uh, in the history for angina are uh, firstly the site. So typically it's retrosternal and it's described um, around the size of a fist, uh, classically. Uh, you'd also uh, want to know uh, when it started, its onset. Uh, so uh, classically stable angina um, occurs on exertion um, and is relieved by rest. Um, but a, a key discriminating factor would be if it's occurring at rest uh, or if it's occurring kind of uh, with uh, less and less uh, effort, i.e. it's crescendoing in nature um, and how long it's lasting for. You'd also want to know about the character of the chest pain, if it's kind of a crushing uh, or a pressure or a squeezing quality, which might be suggestive of cardiac chest pain uh, rather than, for example, a more pleuritic uh, quality. Uh, if it radiates, so the arm, neck, the jaw, if you have any associated symptoms, so classically an autonomic response, so are people uh, feeling uh, sweaty and clammy uh, um, 
with the pain, uh, um, if it's uh, relieved or exacerbated by anything. So uh, classically stable angina is relieved by GTN uh, or rest uh, and exacerbated by exertion, colds, uh, post a large meal, and then how severe the chest pain is. So that's kind of the, uh, the, the classic uh, history one would take, um, uh, listing the nature of the chest pain. Um, you'd also want to know about vascular risk factors. So does the patient have high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol? Do they smoke? Uh, is there a family history of um, MI or stroke under 55? Um, they're kind of the hard vascular risk factors. Um, um, uh, other ones would be their ethnicity. Do they have chronic kidney disease? Do they have, a, they, do they have obesity? These are other risk factors. Linked in with that would then be their past medical history, uh, their drug history, and specifically in the drug history, are they on uh, tablets like a NOAC? Do they take uh, sildenafil? Uh, do they have any allergies? For example, to contrast, that would be relevant potentially down the line if you're thinking about an angiogram. Um, moving on to their social history, uh, specifically, do they take any illicit drugs like cocaine, uh, which may also be cause, a cause of coronary vasospasm? So that's the important points in the history. Anything to add, Balric? From that? No, I think that was a uh, fantastic, very exhaustive. I think uh, the important thing to think about, obviously, in the interviews, uh, you won't have that much time to go through everything here. Um, so I think the key things to pick out when you're dealing with a patient with uh, postmangina is to first of all try and assess whether it's cardiac chest pain. Um, and the key things, the absolute key things there are. Is it cardiac in nature? Does it radiate to the uh, shoulder or to the jaw, which is a very specific sign? Uh, and is it associated? Most important thing is, is it associated with exercise? And I think you, if you can get that across in your interview, uh, that you know uh, about the key, key discriminators of cardiac chest pain, it's very, very important. Um, and I think it's incredibly important, as Rahul said, the other things to say is once you know it's associated with exercise, is this getting worse? Is this crescendo in nature? And do I, do I need to be more worried um, about this patient and possibly thinking about crescendo angina and the need to think about early urgent investigation or admitting this patient? And especially about whether this patient has uh, now having rest pain, um, which is incredibly important, A, with regards to admitting this patient, uh, and also think about other things such as uh, driving advice and DDLA. Uh, I think the other thing to pick out is Autonomic response, quite, quite a nice word to use is diaphoretic, uh, which means sweating. So if you can say, yeah, what I want to know is that does a patient have cardiac chest pain and is there any other associated um, symptoms such as shortness of breath or diaphoresis? That's quite a nice phrase to use. Uh, and finally, incredibly important to talk about the risk factors, but I think one nice pearl to bring out is knowing that cocaine, cocaine use uh, in general has two problems. One, it causes accelerated uh, coronary artery disease um, so it puts you at far higher risk of heart attacks at a young age and in the acute phase causes coronary vasospasm so it can also uh, cause heart attacks on already established accelerated coronary artery disease so that's a good thing to know a good thing to bring out from the history for a patient with stable angina. Great great thanks Barry. Um, so next would be examination um, and in an interview format one would uh, typically go down the line of uh, describing that you'd assess the patient in an A to E um, assessment. Um, and then you'd move on to a focused kind of cardiorespiratory examination. 
trying uh, in, in the context of stable angina, uh, trying to elicit evidence of those risk factors that we discussed. So do they have uh, evidence of hypercholesterolemia, hyperlipidemia with xanthalasma, corneal arcus, a high BMI? Uh, you'd want to assess for hypertension with a blood pressure check. Um, you'd also want to assess for any potential complications from ischemic heart disease. So for example, is there evidence of decompensated heart failure? And from your examination, you're also trying to elicit differentials as well that might be masquerading uh, as stable angina. So do they have a classic ejection systolic murmur that, that might suggest an LVOT obstruction or aortic stenosis? Um, and of course, one needs to be holistic if you suspect a non-cardiorespiratory cause. You'd additionally do musculoskeletal, gastrointestinal and neurological examinations too. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's... Uh... That's fantastic. Um, I think the things again that I'd probably pick out there is say, I think with all interview answers, you kind of want to give uh, an understanding or a rationale to the examiner that there's a reason you're doing this uh, and that you're not just doing every single thing under the sun. So as you said, you mentioned very briefly in one sentence, ATE approach, but focused cardiorespiratory examination, looking for risk factors such as anthelasma uh, and signs of diabetes or peripheral, peripheral vascular disease. And then importantly, as you said, looking for an ejection systolic murmur, um, which might give you sign, which might point you towards AS, which could be another cause of their symptoms, uh, and signs of heart failure, um, which may indicate the patient's got, uh, got other cardiovascular issues or previous heart attack. The other thing I might um, add to that is you probably at this point want to, yeah, I think it's really nice if you say from this history and examination, um, you really also want to try and get an idea for the patient's um, physiological reserve because uh, that really kind of points you towards how aggressively you're going to be trying to manage their angina I, are they even suitable for uh, interventional approach so you might say on the examination i focus on uh, their their cardiac cardiac status uh, and that might help me understand whether they'd be suitable what kind of investigations uh, and management they'll be suitable for but yeah okay cool um Okay, so we've talked about history and examination, uh, and then to gain a more specific diagnosis, um, you'd want to supplement that with further investigations. Um, so the first thing I'd start off by doing is a 12 lead ECG, uh, and that's looking for changes consistent with, ang with angina. Um, so that might include uh, left ventricular hypertrophy, uh, reflective of cardiac remodeling, uh, Q wave suggestive of a previous MI, an LV strain pattern, um, I'd also want to do some blood tests, so a full blood count, for example, looking for evidence of anemia that may be causing exertional chest pain, kidney function, liver function tests, a BMP, and then thinking about those risk factors, vascular risk factors, HbA1c, cholesterol, and fasting lipids. Uh, you'd want to do a chest x-ray, uh, particularly looking for evidence of uh, heart failure, and a transthoracic echo. Um, uh, and factors you may be looking for on there uh, would include uh, regional wall motion abnormalities suggestive of coronary ischemia. Uh, again, thinking about mimics for chest pain, as we discussed, is there evidence of aortic stenosis? Is there evidence of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? Is there evidence of a mitral valve prolapse? Um, you'd also, uh, if there is evidence of ischemic heart disease, want to assess the LV function as a, as a prognostic indicator too. Uh, so they're the initial investigations that, that one would do for stable angina. I think that's, uh, yeah, I 
haven't got too much to add to that. I think that's perfect. I think the, the key thing you want to preface your investigations with is saying that I'll be doing investigations to look for uh, the presence of other risk factors. And I think you have a really good panel there of uh, the fasting lipids, HO and C, et cetera. And importantly, you want to be suggesting that they're modifiable as well. Uh, some modifiable risk factors um, that we can improve as cardiologists because I think that's a really nice touch because it shows you not just focus on treating the coronary disease but you're also trying to think about how you can prevent progression of disease which I think a lot of candidates miss out uh, and then yeah the ECG might tell you about previous heart attacks but the other important thing is uh, as with most as with most cardiac conditions is, is an echo uh, and the main reason for that is actually to look for yeah as you said other mimics and I think if you can be saying that phrase, other mimics that may be causing their chest pain. I think it's uh, clearly showing you have a good level of understanding of uh, stable angina and the other things that could be going on. So always keep an open mind. Okay, fantastic. Um, so uh, after that initial set of investigations, um, one would then consider further specialist investigations.